Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Hardcore Listing, the podcast. Hello and welcome to Hardcore Listing Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. I'm a better half of your presenting duo. Joining me, unfortunately, today, as ever, Christopher William Glasson. Good morning. All right, mate. How you you all right? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks, man. Yeah, up and... Actually, it's not one... It's... We've been recording 8 a.m.s recently, haven't we? So this is, like, late for mm, us now. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling fine and dandy, mate. How are you? I'm all right. I mean, for people listening, they've no idea what time we're recording. So that what you just said made no sense whatsoever. It's it's ten thirty on a Saturday morning. Oh, it's sorry, not too I bad. I've already been that. crying about the fact I was working till half four, but that's <laughs> all right. Just get that in there. Just get a little bit more. Whinging to our guests. I logged on and you were crying <laughs> to, to Dave about it already. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll introduce the guests in a minute. But before we do that, um, let's get a quick word from our sponsors. <laughs> bangboomcreative.com that's where you need to go for the very best in film and photography work yes yes Luke and his team over at Bang Boom have been proud sponsor of ours for a few years now and we can tell you two things about them one their stuff was bloody excellent they've produced content for the smallest charities to the biggest commercial brands and it's always bang on yeah it works we've seen Luke deliver an epic cinema advert for Pip amazing photo shoots for the two girls one shot podcast made the girls look incredible and of course he's done loads of great stuff for us great visuals loads on Instagram the one he did of me as an Ewok was proper good and secondly well they're just bloody nice people uh lovely to work with lots of companies can kind of take pictures and film something but not everyone can do it with the sort of passion and and just ruddy kindness that sets luke and bang boom apart from all the others so if you need some great visuals from a truly excellent company please go check out bangboomcreative.com proud sponsors of the hardcore listening podcast the world can seem like a strange and sometimes dangerous place, but with Summer Academy helping you with your martial arts training, you'll always feel safe. Dangerous loners are everywhere and usually come across as friendly members of your community. They can be simply doing DIY during the day and podcasting at night. The dangerous loner. They could also be running a well-known nightclub at the same time. Their cloven hoof is scraping behind you. Wrenchy's Simon James has been training karate for over 32 years and teaching for 28. He knows through first-hand experience that martial arts can give you the stress release you've been looking for, as well as teaching life lessons and fitness, and of course, more importantly, peace. At Sama, we teach karate, kickboxing, tai chi, and MMA to all ages, from children as young as four-year-olds to the very elderly. 
even Stu. Rude. Uh, they can cater for all your needs, from just general fitness uh, or a new hobby, right the way through to a career in teaching martial arts. They run corporate training days for companies to have as team building exercises, as well as local self-defence classes. They even teach a parent and baby self-defence course. That's defence whilst carrying your child, not defence against maniac murder babies. There is absolutely no defence against them. Be aware of that. Chris, where can people find out more about the Summer Academy? Yes, you can find out everything you need over at sama-academy.co.uk. That's S-A-M-A-academy.co.uk. And maybe you'll become a black belt just like me. Uh, hello, this is uh, Chiles, um, Chaz from Love Beer, uh, and, and I'm here to tell you about why I sponsor uh, Hardcore Listening and what, what love-beer.co.uk does. Uh, I am a fully certified by the British Beer and Pubs Association for bar installation with a focus on home and office bars. I have loads of home bar clients who have really enjoyed the service during lockdown, as well as corporate office clients like Facebook and HelloFresh. I offer a complete solution from installing the bar equipment right the way through to keg supply. I also offer regular maintenance packages for those who want a bar without all the hassle. Hello, this is Charles also from Love Beer. I just want to also let you know I'm fully licensed to sell kegs, we can supply loads of different products from mainstream beers and ciders right through to trendy craft beers and even Prosecco kegs, all delivered to your bar by a certified technician. Also, why I'm here, have I mentioned the Land Rover Beeries 3, which is a 45-year-old XMOD Land Rover Series 3 that we have done a complete restoration on during lockdown. The 3 Beeries 3 is a custom-built, high-performance bar hidden in the back of a Land Rover. The bar we have installed is capable of doing upwards of 500 pints per hour. We're about four to five weeks off having it all back together and ready to show it off. And I'll be launching an Instagram for it this week. Nice one, Charles. Nice one. There we have it. There are our sponsors. And if it's your first time listening to Hardcore Listening, I guess we should give you an explanation of what happens here. This is a podcast where we and list... And an apology. This is a podcast where we list stuff. Sometimes in order. It's normally in the top five format. I'm quite funny. And you just sort of like fill in, didn't you, with lisps and erms. And that's what you get. That's what you get. That's what the five-star reviews say on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, shall we introduce our guests? Or have you got anything else you want to add? Today, uh, no, I don't Barrage. think so. Well, I was I was blessed to go um, on Rich and Dave's podcast uh, a few months back, and I won't go into the podcast. I'll let them um, kick things off by telling everybody all about their podcast. But Dave, Rich, hello today. Uh, thanks loads for joining us. Hello. All right. How's it going? It's all good. It's all good. Look, before we do anything, do you want to give people because obviously the nature of your podcast has uh, a lot to do with today's five. So, do you want to sort of tell us a little bit about the podcast before we do anything else? Yeah. Yeah, I'll let Rich do that because he's a better salesman. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say that's the same thing to you, Dave. I was like, oh well, you do all the work, so you should probably say something about it. Wow, listen to this: <laughs> two podcasters that like each other. Yeah, that's we've weird, just, isn't it? We've just ripped into each other straight away. We need to take some notes, Stu. I mean, well, me and Dave, sorry, Rich. Me and Dave have been mates for since we were at university, like two thousand and three, uh, and and we we studied film together. Um, and then I went off and started doing stuff in radio, and Dave stayed in in film. But we always kind of 
had chats about movies and talked about what we've been watching and then sort of during lockdown we started this mad idea of doing a podcast about Baywatch and we watched an episode of Baywatch every week and then we talked about it and it slowly started to drive us insane because (laughs) Baywatch is awful (laughs) (laughs) but we like doing the podcast so we sort of sat down and Dave came up with this idea of doing a podcast all about sequels um, and so yeah. what we do is we ask we invite a special guest on every week um, and we ask them their favourite sequel their worst ever sequel and then their dream sequel so one that doesn't exist oh. that they wish that they wish existed or sometimes one that's really bad and they wish they could remake it um, yeah. and yeah that's it really and we just talk a lot about movies and laugh at each other and then we start doing these little extra episodes in between where we review the movies or we talk about sequel trailers or something that, that's coming up as well and m- most of it is our completely uninformed opinions pretty much <laughs> we're familiar with that approach yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. actually your podcast does sound better than ours so I don't know if there's room for a third but... well we, we should say uh, do you want to tell people what it's called oh it's called unequal sequel sorry I didn't even there we go <laughs> that would have been helpful wouldn't it to start off with actually telling you what the podcast called yeah where can I, people we hear it uh, you can hear it on well on everywhere really. We're on um, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, um, we're on all those places. And if you, Acast. Acast, yeah. And if you want to give us some abuse, then we're on Twitter and we're on um, Instagram <laughs> as well as at Unequal Sequel. So yeah, you can find us Wonderful. there. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. So um, Dave, what have you decided to do for today's top five? We have decided, and this took a bit of an argument between me and Rich, we have decided on our top five sequels ever. Wow, nice. that's big. That's a big scope, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that is um, big. And through this, our podcast, we've watched a lot of good sequels and a lot of trash as well. Um, and we've got slightly different tastes. So coming together, because we're doing a joint one, Oof. coming together and doing a joint top five a Venn diagram yeah. yeah a bit, bit tough <laughs> we both we, we both lost film as we, we truly I like. mean I'm really gutted uh, we so. haven't got Paddington 2 in our top 5 <laughs> Paddington, Paddington oh, 2 is great Lord. okay I love it but so when you say sequels five? is there like so do you have any rules for example is it like a sequel strictly as it has to be number 2 or is it sequels in can you slip in the third yeah, anything past the first one. Yeah. Okay. So anything in a franchise. So okay, cool. Like, like Police Academy 7, Stu, if you want to pick that, <laughs> that's fine. Um, Mission Impossible 6, that's yeah. fine. Even, we, we're quite loose. We are very right? loose on the rules. Even, <laughs> even in MCU, you know, the Marvel stuff, we, we were allow wow. a later one. That's, that. a wide, that's wide open. Yeah. Anything from yeah. what? Are you saying Iron Man? Anything after Iron Man? or uh, Anything after Iron right. Man can wow. go. Wow. We like because they kind of link with the characters yeah. and, and the bigger story. Stu's um, lost. So, look at him. Look at him. So <laughs> franchises were okay. Can uh, you have because? Sorry, go on. Can you have like two from the same franchise if there's been subsequent? Yes. Because I'm just thinking, Chris, you're going to want to do probably five Fast and Furious, right? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Fast Five. Fast Five was decent. I, I resent that. But I, I think there's there are a few on um, 
fake taxi that I think are equally as good. <laughs> so, I don't know, we might get stuck on that. Um, I'm sure my girlfriend said to me a couple of weeks ago, yeah, no, I was watching fake taxi the other day. I was like, sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I deleted Uber off her uh, phone, basically, because I'm not having that. I'm not having that. <laughs> her foreshadowing how she's going to cheat on me in the future. Fantastic. Um, is that literally like preparation? Just going to go and watch some fake taxi. Was that your research? <laughs> that was yeah. it, yeah. I can barely see this morning, Dave, I tell you. But it sounds a lot like how your it sounds like a lot how your podcast started when you chose Baywatch. <laughs> yeah. a, a, that was a good idea. We called it the Baywatch podcast. We had the name before we realised what the podcast was going to be. Yeah, sure. All good podcasts. Yeah, That's absolutely. How you start, guys. That's my biggest tip if you want to start a podcast. Come up with a name first. Worry about everything else later. Yeah. And then someone stole the idea afterwards a little bit, so it's like, and our music. It was very dramatic. Oh, man. <laughs> Unequal sequels, fab, fab name. I yeah. bet Stu's a bit jealous of that as a name, because that it's is pretty special, incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are we doing? Are we going from, from five down to one, I'm assuming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's start with the worst and go to the best, oh, even though five know. is still pretty, unbelievably pretty good. Pretty big. Okay, cool. Well, uh, let's hear it, chaps. Who's going who's gonna to drop number five on us? R- Rich, you want to start with us? Do you, wanna, do you want me to kick it off, do you? Yeah, okay. you, you kick this so off. Our, I'll take number five. Our number five is The Dark Knight. Oh! Which is... Great! A lot of people, a lot of people that have been in the podcast, that's, uh, quite a few people mention that as one of their favourites. Absolutely. Their absolute mm. favourites. And I think the reason for us that it was it came in at number five is it's kind of not a Batman movie, it's a Joker movie. And, and actually, Batman's not as good... Like Christian Bale's Batman is almost kind of superfluous to the Joker in this movie, and so we kind of that's kind of where we that's that's why it slips down a little bit um, for us. But it's it's so weird that Richard, I've had this conversation before, and um, Stu, sorry, we're going to nerd out for a bit, mate. (laughs) But I I genuinely think Christian Bale's performance in that is really good. It's just that. From the first scene onwards, you're just waiting to see the Joker. Oh yeah, mm. and he's, he's, yeah, it's it's kind he's of next tough. level. Yeah, he's so good in it. He really, it really was an incredible performance, man. I weirdly because I sat and had a think of this because I didn't want to bombard this with your 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 top five with sequels because I've ruined people's top fives in the past. <laughs> um, but it, it didn't spring to mind, and I feel like I've I've, I've cheated on Heath Ledger. <laughs> So I'm sorry, guys. That's that's, that's why it's so good because everyone has a different opinion. Mm. So that's just, uh, it's also good for our podcast. So we're not do, we're not talking about the, the Dark Knight every week. To be <laughs> um, but yeah, this was the first film I went and saw on the on, on an IMAX screen, and that's why it's so special to me. It just blew my mind the sc- screen that size um, and the sound. It was just incredible. There's Back in 2008, was brilliant it? story about IMAX and this this film. Um, that Christopher Nolan, when he was making it, IMAX was a, was a really new thing, and there were yeah. three IMAX cameras in existence. And during right. filming the first scene of this movie, they destroyed one of them. <laughs> Absolutely oh, destroyed it. What scene was <laughs> it? What two. scene was it? Do you know how they fucked it up? On what scene? I don't know exactly how. Was it the it's bank the heist? bank heist scene. Yeah. Oh, so it is. It I think it fell scene. off oh. a truck. Um, when they were driving oh. along, yeah, and because they're massive, those they cameras, are, yeah, aren't they? they're, they're absolutely huge. massive. Yeah, I think it fell off the side of a truck, and then another truck behind it hit it. <laughs> <laughs> that was, <laughs> it was very much totaled. <laughs> oh, oh. Man, that's crazy. Um, 
Do you, did you like The Dark Knight, Stu? Have you watched it? I have. Um, <clears throat> you know that I'm not into superhero films, uh, but what was the first one where... Ba- Batman Begins. That what? Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? That's what it says on the team, doesn't it? <laughs> it's in the title. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's filmed where I live. Uh, the, is a, it, what Grace is it does look like Gotham. It's true. filmed in Tilbury, um, in Tilbury Fault. Uh, there's the scene where they, they're sort of training, I believe, uh, and it's a big open space, and, and a lot of it was all filmed uh, Tilbury Fault, if you just down the road from from here also where they filmed uh, Taboo with uh, with our friend Pippikins um, didn't Tom Hardy get his knob out down there he did well? he mm. did that was that was all the hype uh, on, on the community groups in my area uh, <laughs> get yourself down to Tilbury which no Tom one ever Hardy's says naked. Tom naked yeah, Tom Hardy's got his pencil out but um, but yeah it's um, and then I abs- and I, I watched um, uh uh uh, Dark Knight, um, about three weeks ago, because they just put Joker on Netflix or Prime, one of the two. Uh, so I watched Joker again, um, which I think's fucking remarkable. Uh, and then I just thought, Do you know what, I'm going to go and watch Heath Ledger now. And yeah, and I paid for it on Prime as well, uh, and thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, Thanks, Chris. You didn't, you didn't pirate something. Bravo. Oh, no. But as, like, a, as a 55-year-old man, you've stopped stealing like, movies. 48. Like, um, but, um, but yeah, obviously, like in a world where you've got Prime, Netflix, Apple, and all of that, you, you're reluctant to spend on a film when you've got all your subscriptions. Mm-hmm. Like, but I actually thought I really want to watch it. So, yeah. So I was quite happy when you chose this because it is one of the few superhero films that I really like. Probably because it's just really fucking dark. It's quite gritty yeah. as well, isn't it? It mm. doesn't feel like it feels less of like it's definitely not like the Marvel ilk, is it? It does mm. feel like a guy actually running around in a costume. Yeah, I mean, it's, as it's, opposed to someone. Yeah, it's really different to Marvel. So Marvel's bright colours, you know, it's, it's reds and blues and primary colours, and this is very kind of like gritty and dark, and is a yeah. is a is a uh, superhero movie for grown ups, isn't it? It's not a it's not a kids movie. You know, it's not there for it's not there for you. You're gonna take your kids to watch, whereas Marvel movies you probably could let your kids watch. Um, yeah, they also made look Gotham look very different from the you know the the, the Tim Burton's and the Joel mm. Schumacher ones. They actually made it look like it could be. Well, they filmed it in Chicago. They didn't do anything really amazing with the scenery, so it, the setting looks real, which does help. Mm. Um, the whole film, the whole way it's filmed, it, it looks like it's a. It could be set in, you know, now. Yeah, and we had uh, we had Sean Walsh on our podcast, who's who picked this as like his favourite sequel, and amazing. So just when he was talking about it, like it just kind of like sparked electricity in your brain. You go, oh yeah, that bit's amazing, and that bit's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And like he was, he's he's full on obsessed with it, um, and so that was kind of got it back into my. And after we spoke to him. On the on the pod, I had to go back and watch it again. In fact, I watched all three again, so I've watched them like not long ago. What's Batman's fundamental superpowers? He hasn't He's got rich. any. Being rich, <laughs> yeah. rich mate. That's it, isn't it? He's rich and paranoid, I guess. Yeah. So, He's yeah. A, the world's the greatest detective. Oh, yeah. That's what they say in the go, comics. That's it, Dave. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, He's just a double R bastard. Right? Oh yeah, double R with loads of money. <laughs> Why does he wear a cape? Uh, 
Capes are cool. Why not? Good, good answer, Dave. That you're correct. They are. I was just trying to think. Do they serve it? No, they're just fucking cool, aren't they? Capes don't. They don't look as cool on as they do in the movies, though. Like in my in my personal collection, they kind of just they're all quite lank around you. But in the movies, they're always flapping around and looking great. But yeah, in reality, I don't think they quite look as as fantastic. It's just a bit of cloth, Stu. Yeah. Really. You get but, you get stains on it quick yeah. as well. Just gathering. It gets around. caught in things, doors. If you, you, know, if you went out wearing a black cape in real life, everyone would think you just graduated. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, just left uni. <laughs> or some sort of predator. Right. Or predator. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I quite liked it right back in the uh, you know in in uh, the sort of. Uh, well, I suppose it would have been like maybe this, like the seventies, where where bad guys that had a cloak would kind of sort of pull it from behind and over mm. and look over the top mm. of it over their arm. Mm. Like that was a solid look. Again, not really a superpower, but I understand. I in my mind, when I first saw Superman, I presumed that the cape was like an essential part of him being able to fly. Oh, I hate you, Stu. Shall we just move on to number four and stop <laughs> in, before he goes any further with that? So that's why I just wondered, like, why Batman have one? So but... to Batman, his, his cape does do things. There is trickery. He does in that in the yeah. cape. Yeah, yeah, and he, he does that in that one, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Yeah, because he in that one he has to go and um, grab the guy who's got all the all the criminals' cash. Yeah, yeah, he glides with it, which looks. And sometimes it's bulletproof. I don't know if all capes are bulletproof, but I'm pretty sure his is. Yeah, they definitely asked you. Absolutely. <laughs> just, just, I'm just hoping that will pay off in like five years or something. I want to go down and wear mine in Tilbury today. See what happens. Love that. Oh dear. Okay. Right. Number four. Number four right. Then. This is a bit of a controversial one, I think, for me and Rich. We think this is the best one of the series. So our number four is Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers, not Ooh. Return of the King. The Two Towers. Remember. We. We generally yeah. think it's the best one, and we both agree. This is one we both agree on. Actually, we're like, this is going yeah, it in, is, yeah. and it's mainly because uh, the scene of Helm's Deep, the massive battle in the middle, which is yeah. still one of the most incredible things I've seen on a cinema. It's this is still the only film I've watched at twelve o'clock at night, and then when I saw the first show in the morning because it was so good. Um, and it's the film I've seen most on a cinema. I think I went and saw it five or six times, which is quite quite I remarkable see, when the wow. film's like three hours long. And it's all about walking. So, yeah, just there's a rock, there's another rock. I always thought in uh, oh that sequel, I don't think that sequel come up, but but they get uh, Lord of the Rings gets mugged off in another sequel. Yeah, written Clerks by two. Kevin Smith yeah, we have to discuss that. Being just about yeah, Clerks two, and uh, and I think that's quite a good comic comedic scene where he's trying to like challenge how boring Lord of the Rings is against uh, <laughs> against Star Wars, but. Uh, yeah, no, Helm's Deep is great. I think you feel a lot of jeopardy watching Sorry, Helm's Deep. Sorry, is it Helm's yeah. Deep? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Why is no one smirking at that? I've never oh, thought oh. of it. I've generally never thought of that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Mushroom Deep. Um, you yeah. know Helm's one of my favourite <laughs> words. Oh, that's remarkable. And it is in like a big, like, crevice as well to be honest with you Stu as well so you know if you want a few more genitalia Jeez. sort of like analogies yes, yes. there's definitely sorry, like Dave, there's sorry, a split Rich. in this podcast isn't there so, there's I'm one really person sorry. on the peripheries 
that everything has to be explained in a different way, doesn't it? For it to compute. So Sorry, lads. Got, so in this scene, they've just got the tipping shoe. Um, but it is, there's like, there's um there's a lot of jeopardy and I almost feel like I, I, I really like Return of the King I thought they did a, a masterful job with the trilogy um, but there feels like a level of jeopardy with Helm's Deep and the, the it's quite theatrical with the, the weather effects mm. and and Gandalf coming in at the end and do, mm. you know doing his business uh, yeah it's, it's, it's great and obviously you've got uh, you've got um, oh bloody hell oh, I'm forgetting everyone's name Legolas uh, Gimli uh, what's the Legolas and Gimli, thank you. Keeping track of their, did they? Is that yeah. where they start keeping track they're of their kills? They're having fun. They're counting how many yeah, kills they have. Yeah, and then it continues in Return of the King. A, a yeah, lot happens in Two Towers. Yeah, You've got Frodo great. and Sam meeting Gollum, mm. and they go off on their adventure. You've got Pippin and Merry going off and meeting the Ents, and um, to Saruman. Ents. And then you've got, you know, uh, Aragon, Gimli, and Legolas with the Battle of Helm's Deep with the, the Riders of Rohan. God, I sound nerdy. Um, <laughs> You are. I try not to, <laughs> but I just think as a film, as a complete film, it's the best one. Uh, because, like you said, Return of the King does have about seventeen endings and does keep going on for a while. That's it. That's the thing with Return of the King, isn't it? It's like, wow, that was great, and you're going to get up out of your chair, and it's yeah. like, sit down. <laughs> you're now going to see what everyone gets up to for the next like six months. It's like I don't know. If Sam, I can be Sam gets that Sam gets married. It was really good. Great. You know. Good. <laughs> I don't think him. we needed. I don't think everyone was like. Do you remember when he half looked at that uh, other Hobbit in the first episode? What's been bugging me is are they going to hook could... up? <laughs> oh, thank God! What a masterful film. Now we know he's got his. I can tell you the name of that her. person as well. <laughs> if you want to be it's Rosie. Yeah, it's Rosie. Really, Rosie? Of course, it's Rosie. She's a salt, though. To be fair. So yeah, good um, on Sam. And by the time you got to the third film, and they have a, a really big, bigger battle doesn't play as well because you've already seen Helm's Deep which at the time you hadn't seen anything like mm. so you're like oh that's a great mm. battle but it's not as good as this the last film and that battle and it has a talking tree in yeah. it, this one as well which is great and Christopher yeah. Lee's in it and you know you've got Ian McKellen doing stuff it's a, it's, it's a wonderful film it's my favourite yeah I think in the books as well I don't know if you've read the books but I'm sure in the set I think Shelob the naughty spider I think they mm-hmm. they're a, the end of that as opposed to at the start of the, the third one so um, they didn't even need Shelob that would have been too good. much wouldn't it no it would have been yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd have I'd have, exp- I'd have exploded and I'd have been covered in Shelob's web in the <laughs> cinema if that had happened it would have been too much so yeah, yeah. Oh. good choice good choice yeah but it is controversial Return of the King mm. is, is a solid movie I really like the first one because it's got the Balrog in it I've got a hard on for Demons it appears, but yeah, no, that's a that's a great choice. Um, should we should we move on? Should we do? Oh, I I want to hear you carrying on talking. You look so happy right now, <laughs> nerding out about a fantasy world with your fucking gamer headset on. You are in nerd heaven, aren't you, mate? I've got nothing nerdy to grab within reach. Have you not got oh, any of your toys? No, no CGI, and it was magic and ahead of its time. Oh God, if you, if you Dave, want to get real knee right. yeah. deep into it, let's just and the yeah. whole program they used called Massive about. Crowd battles, Stu. This is good stuff. You should be writing this down. <laughs> yeah, mate. Take notes. Is that what I use for that then? To sort of like, um, like mass spawn all the or- the, the orcs. Yeah, was yeah. it the Uruk High in that one? It was the Uruk High, wasn't it? So, um, oh shit, yeah. And uh, well, that that kind of like Gollum also and launched um, 
what's his bollocks Andy Serkis his whole performance yeah, and the motion capture career, Henry it, could really? be done before then and then this guy comes along and uh, nearly got an Oscar for it and probably should have done or at least a nomination for doing what he did um, so was that because Serkis yeah. Planet of the Apes as well yeah so was that was was this, this was, was that before. after this the first thing? Well, Circus had a career, obviously. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, the thing obviously, that yeah. Put him on the map and the whole motion capture. There's a brilliant book by right. an author called Ian Nathan, and it's like the making of Lord of the Rings, and he goes really, really deep into uh, the making of the trilogy. And he goes, he's quite good friends with Peter Jackson, and he he was the editor in chief of Empire at one point. So his knowledge and the background and the, the description and it goes into in the book is if you're a proper Lord of the Rings nerd then that's the book to read it's incredible yeah 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 worth a read yeah and we've also had him we've got him as a he's guest a on the podcast guest, yeah. coming up series oh, two as wow. well so. amazing yeah. and we, we, and we nerded cool. out about Lord of the Rings cool. as well on that so <laughs> yeah as you can tell Dave nerds out about Lord of the Rings a lot more than I do I like it but Dave loves it <laughs> Rich, you're trying to separate yourself here from Dave. No, no, I mean, I, I agree that Two Towers is my favourite of the three, but <laughs> yeah. I think it's just me and you, though, Dave, who, who the second one's the favourite. I think people are uh, scared to admit it sometimes, so they're, they're lying to themselves. <laughs> they're lying yeah. to themselves. <laughs> yeah. Flash out. Like it. You thought, you thought deeply about the sequels. Well, you've got to think ones that, you know, m- movies are so personal uh, uh, for everyone, and that for me, that is the. You know, I have connection to that film, so yes. Well, you spent about ninety quid. Going yeah, to about hundred hours, or whatever it was. So, yeah, 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 about hundred hours. Yeah, it's great. Good. To, don't regret it at all. Should we do? Go on, Rich. Number three. This is also. So number three. This is an interesting one because it's probably not my favourite of the of the franchise, um, but. When me and Dave discussed it, we came to a conclusion. <laughs> and also, it's one I know that Stu likes. It's Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yes! It is Return of the Jedi. That is the it right, is right answer. It is Are you on board with that as well, Chris? No, I am. I think... I think we've got confused issue that we, we, we've actually agreed on something and yet we've forgotten because we're more interested in arguing Return of the Jedi's I'll still cry I'll still cry watching it I won't put it on in front of Molly because I don't want her to lose all like that last thread of respect she has for me yeah. I can't have her lose it while I'm weeping watching Vader say give his last little like speech to Luke it just chokes yeah. me up just gets me oh great great shout guys Rich, why do you love more. it so much I mean it's well, I mean, I do love it, but I don't love it as much as you. I, I personally, I think Empire's my Empire Strikes Back's my favourite, just because I quite like it when it gets a bit dark and the baddies mm. win. You know, that's just mm. that's my that's just me. But <laughs> if we were talking about a Star Wars movie where me and Dave both agree, I do love Jedi. Don't get me wrong, I, I do love it. And people who don't like Ewoks and and slag off the Ewoks in Jedi, I don't want to be friends with you. So you know, I think the Ewoks yeah. are great, and we need them. But yeah, there are epic battles in it, though. I mean, it's like that—the Endor battle is brilliant, and you know, the the kind of the 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 stories all coming mm. together. You know, I think it's it's it is a great movie, a really great movie. There's there's just massive. I mean, in every Star Wars film, there's big set pieces, but like Return of the Jedi, I don't know. It really is set piece after set piece, really from rescuing Han to um, 
uh, go, going down onto Endor and obviously the, the, the final battle. It's, it's just it's just good. mad. And yeah, the I, speeder bike chase yeah, at the beginning yeah, of Endor is amazing. Yeah, I love. It that. has so many payoffs. Yeah, I love the speed as a bike. trilogy. Like everything leads to that to that film, and they they handle it so well. Like like that, that freeway battle at the end when you've got Luke and Vader and the Empire on on the Death Star, and then you know down on Endor, and then you've got the actual space raft battle around Death Star, which is Lando just kicking ass. It's just amazing storytelling. Um, it's my favorite part. And you can tell yeah. you can tell that it's kind of that this original trilogy feels like. A one long story, completely, which man. is what you completely miss in yeah. the new ones because they had no yeah. plan of what they were going to do after the first of the three, and they just mm. kind of made it up as they went along. And you can tell that. Whereas these three original ones, you can be like, "Oh, I knew," you know, they did know what they were doing. You know, they had a plan all yeah. along. Yeah, yeah. It was. I, I think for me as a uh, a cinema goer, that is where I really started to understand that. Like in terms of how you should hmm. narrate and structure things, and like I'm not saying like when you go to start writing something, you might know you might not know every small detail, or things might change, and you come up with better ideas. But Lucas had a really good idea hmm. of that story arc, and like you in the in the then the prequels, it was yeah. Um, there's still some good stuff in the prequels. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I quite enjoyed them. I like the one where Yoda fights Dooku. I, I went to the cinema twice. I walked out the cinema, turned Sorry, around and walked on. back in. Hang on. Just to watch You're admitting again. you went and walked, watched the worst Star Wars, Attack of the Clones, back to back. Yeah. For me, for me, like that film can't do any wrong. What? I'm sorry, guys. Like, I know. Yeah. No, listen, listen. I understand. I understand, Dave. I understand what I'm saying. Wow. But... Um, as soon as I saw Yoda get his lightsaber out, like I just forgot about anything else that had happened in that movie, basically. Um, but um, I've actually lost where I'm going now. Sorry about Chris James. That has blown my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, love it. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I get, I get it, I get it, I get it. But um, yeah, in terms of like, I just love how it wraps up, and I love how they build Vader, and how how him. To, to 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 do that over three three films and make him a, like kind of like the worst most terrifying person on the planet, and Luke being so dedicated into thinking that mm. there's still good in him, and that glance that Vader gives Luke, then the Emperor, then Luke, and you can see because he can't talk, you can't see his face, it's just his head moving. You're like the clock, the cogs are whirring. He's gonna he's gonna turn on the Emperor. I just think that's worth it. It's just that it's just such an awesome payoff yeah. that you don't get in any any of the other films. And like the, obviously the last three, I mean, they kept changing their mind mm. so often that it became yeah. a mess. It was uh, to, to me anyway. Like the last three, I, it really really fucking broke my heart. Really, because it was just const- it was just egos competing and not about exactly what you said, Rich. Not about going. This is the most expensive popular thing in the world let's really really plan this shit out and they did Ridley Scott did the same with uh, Prometheus as well like he admitted he was like yeah we just started making up as we go along and I'm like stop no <laughs> no you can't do that not with so you've got such a massive fan base from even the Dark Horse comics and all that of Alien to start going uh, yeah we're just seeing if it'll work it's like oh, it's fucking it's, it's a tragedy but the first three in Return of Jedi I sorry it. I've gone off on a bit of a rant there no, it's a great rant because, like, like you say, the first three are so good. I think I've had my my best experience in the cinema watching a Star Wars movie, and my absolute worst experience 
possibly even yeah. in one film. Like, because that Rise of Skywalker film, I, I I started off quite enjoying it, and then by the end, I was with my wife, and like by the time the last like the, the last line gets spoken, I just went, "Oh fuck off!" <laughs> <laughs> I just had enough. Like it was just like too cheesy, and he just burnt everything that you'd set up beforehand, and yeah. Well, yeah, just made a yeah. Of it. Star Wars means a lot yeah. to a lot of people, and they just basically took a big turd yeah, on right. it. Um, <laughs> I feel like that. I feel like that. And the weird thing is, like, um, I they, they put so much money into it. When you f- first start watching it, it's so epic. Even that fight scene with uh, Kylo Red and Ray, and they're fighting S- Snoke, and it looks fucking great. And and the whole thing's like that. And then after a while, I'm like. But that doesn't make sense for them to do whatever they're doing there. Why are you doing that? So it's like very sugar coated, and it looks great. But like yeah. thematically, it's just like yeah, they've taken a big steaming pile of shit. They've rolled a shit in sugar. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a lot of people <laughs> pick Rise of Skywalker as their their worst sequel, and we've had some absolutely brilliant mm. rants on it. Um, Reese's <laughs> on I think one of our episodes is one of my favourite thing when we just let him go off for like twenty minutes. I don't think me and Rich say a word, and he just let loose, and it's like it was cathartic for him. He just was like I needed that. Yeah, it's brilliant because Return of the Jedi yeah. was the first Star Wars film I watched, <clears throat> so that's why it means the most to me. Um, before I, I yeah, know, so I, all that stuff was ruined before it. So, um, and it's probably my, it's my first experience of really enjoying a, a film, what I can remember, uh, and an adult film as well. I was like. I love space and the characters. Mm. It's just brilliant. And then you get down the line and they milk it a little bit more with the the, the prequel um, trilogy. And you think, okay, Attack of the Clones is awful. Revenge of the Sith was okay. Phantom Menace had its points. And then Force yeah, Awakens yeah. comes along, which I love. And that was... Oh, I it, love Force Awakens. In the Same, cinema, it was like it. a rock concert. It was amazing. Uh, mm. I'm a defender of The Last Jedi. Rich doesn't like it. Uh, and then we can all agree all right. on the ending, especially the ending line is the worst thing in Star Wars history. Yeah. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Just right, a quick one before we move on. Uh, I'm going to go around the, the room here. Favorite scene from Return of the Jedi? I, I can go. That's easy. It's the whole last hour. Can I pick that? Yeah, uh, no. Is it? I think you're cheating. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say you got, you got to narrow it down a um, bit, mate. You've got I like the at- okay, the attack on the base on Endor when the the, the the Ewoks show themselves and they're joined up with the rebels and they're all swinging from the ropes and yeah. Chewie's in one of the chicken walkers hollering. That's my favourite. Even as a child, I was like, this Lovely. is fucking bomb. It's incredible. Chewie it's Chewbacca is my favourite <laughs> character. So I was like. Keep this going. I love the little things. This is the best <laughs> thing in the world, uh, and 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 it's stayed that way since I was like what, seven or something since. So that was my answer. Christopher, uh, probably the probably last battle. I think probably with Vader turning turning from heel to baby face. I guess I imagine it's a tough. It's fucking. It's tough though, mate. It's a tough. It's a tough shout. Rich, mine is probably the start saving <coughs> saving Han. <coughs> From uh, so from from uh, Jabba the Hutt, you know that, that so doing that that like the the planning. I like the cleverness of the planning, and everyone knows what they're doing. And then they you know, Leia strangling him. So like it's very good. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. that's yeah, the bit yeah. when that kicks when Luke bounces back yeah. and the music kicks yeah. in, yeah. Yeah. and then yeah. it just yeah. fucking goes and it's oh it's incredible John Williams and, score uh, yeah, is just shout out to Leia insanely good so good yeah. like, iconically good yeah and just you see like you see so many like amazing characters you see Boba Fett but you see like Wee Quay and you see all of these people like every like like Jabba's Palace like when you see that uh, it's just like full of such amazing it's like obviously in Star Wars with Canteen you see all of these characters mm. and they're just amazing and then it goes again obviously to the Rancor pit and it's like oh that's fucking yeah. what's this the Rancor like oh yeah glorious but yeah that's that that's that battle's my my, my favourite like uh, yeah love it number, number two, two now okay, yeah we're getting serious now right um, our number getting two serious. again me and Rich probably he wanted something else. I wanted something else, and then we landed on this. Um, <clears throat> it's uh, James Cameron's Aliens, which uh, annoyingly Absolutely. on our podcast, no oh. one has picked as their best sequel. And uh, you, you say you ain't had Chris on yet. I, I, I absolutely would probably. I've spoiled come on. that. If I, you can't be quite me, but well, yeah, Chris. Come I, on. I, I could yeah. talk about that for fucking literal days and my my birthday I'd love to uh, my birthday present this year from my girlfriend is a, a limited edition I've Nerf gun cool, pulse yeah. rifle that, and yeah I just I oh, fucking that movie I understand God, I, I, I started taking over there Dave go on you talk to us about <laughs> you, you see this is what I do as a host like you know um Aliens. It's <laughs> we let everyone else talk. Yeah. Is what you're saying, Dave? Is we don't do any work on our podcast. We let everyone else. I give talk. them hints and then they just go. Uh, Aliens is for me is better than Alien, which Alien is an incredible film. It's one, I agree. It's one of the best horror films, like horror space films. And then we it get is. to this one, which goes balls to the wall action, uh, <laughs> and even it the does. slow build up, because uh, you, you as an, uh, an audience know 
what they're going into. And they're like, how bad can it be? It's fucking bad, guys. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, imagine the worst and then, you know, double it. Um, Yeah. yeah. Don't tell me anything about it. Just tell me. And Sigourney Weaver as... as Yeah, you might want to know. You might want to listen to Ellen Ripley. All I need to know is where they are. No, that's not all you're going to need to know. You're going to need to know this, more than that. When they got the uh, the sensor on, the, the you hear the beeps. The beeps still gives me nightmares. It's that that good of a sound effect. Um, and when they start moving on the walls, oh man, it's just absolutely mm. electric. Um, and Sigourney Weaver. I watched great. it yesterday. I watched it last night to pre- pre- to prepare oh. for today, and. I'd not watched it since I've had my had my little boy, and then I found myself like going, "Oh my god, Newt's been all on our own with, <laughs> with aliens! <laughs> what the hell?" <laughs> I didn't feel like that. I was like that before. I think having kids changes you, and I was like, "No, Newt, Newt's important." <laughs> yeah, me and Rich watched this at two very different times. I watched it when I was like early teens, so we're at the age when it can probably screw you up, and then Rich has watched it as an yeah. adult. So we, yeah, I was like, it was like two thousand three. Yeah, we kind of have different relationships with it. Like, I it generally scares me. Still, I think it's terrifying. Yeah, Um, and Rich is like, ah, it's not that bad. You know, they're men; they can deal with it. (laughs) Yeah, it it gets. It got to me young. So we watched it at a Christmas family party. So like, basically, all the kids were like. It was this big all-nighter thing, basically, and they were. And one of my cousins, who's slightly older, the cooler one, was like, "Hey guys, you want to see something cool?" And then we were like, I was like nine, and we were like, yeah. yeah. And then we were our like, our story is very similar. Like absolutely fucking t- terrifying. What and- are the film or his accent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his accent. I've got American uh, cousins, and um, yeah, we were terrified. And it, it was to start with. To be fair, Dave, it was the novelty that that was like the first real scary film I'd ever seen. And I didn't really get much other than there's some aliens, an alien bursts out of someone's chest and it all goes tits up. That's mm. really all I got from it. And then over the years, I've watched it. I don't know. I've watched it a lot. I don't want to exaggerate, but it, it, an excessive amount of times. And it's just it just holds its own. And I think the, 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 the genius and bravery of Cameron to not regurgitate yeah. the same film. And people have people go, oh, you've turned the aliens into cannon fodder. And I'm like, well, but if people had guns, because of the nature of aliens, if there was one, it might not stand up. So he's kind of had to sort of like move it right up to boss level, really, mm. to, you know, having a queen in there. And a lot of my relationships with computer games and all that is that, that narrative ability to up the jeopardy with the alien until you get to mm. almost like the boss. And we were talking about payoff earlier. I don't think there's anything... The payoff of just showing that power loader towards the start and Ripley nonchalantly operating it to it being like the key thing. Get away from her, you you know, she does at the end. (laughs) It's the best line, Rich. It is, yeah. So good. I just sat there waiting for it yesterday. I was like, it's coming, it's coming. There's so many good lines. I love the the drill sergeant when they're prepping to go down to the planet. Some of his lines are good. And Bill Paxton as uh, his. Bill Paxton. Game over, man. Game over. It's just insane. Um, what's your favourite scene, Chris? The aliens. Um, the power loader's up there. I've got to say it, that last. I, I, to, to, because to me, that's like 
I think that's cinema goal, like in terms of like um, action, like because it's it's so well written to have that payoff at that at that crescendo of a movie, and I don't think a lot of the time now when they write action films, I, I think like they. I, I don't know. Maybe it's because that one was so good for me, but I struggle to find one that mm. has a, a peak like that for me. Oh, there's so much, man. Like, you know, I, I oh, fucking hell. Their, their first contact with the aliens is terrifying, I think, you know, when it all goes absolutely tits up mm. for them. Um, I, don't, I, I really, there's just, yeah, I, I'd say that they're two, two of my favourite scenes. How about you guys? What, I love the bit where, where Ripley realises she stumbled into the Queen's kind of egg chamber and then sort of like sort of threatens to to destroy all the eggs and the Queen's like go on then get out and it's like Ripley gets to the edge and then she goes no actually fuck it I'm going to burn them all like just like let's well, rip the queen's quite sneaky as well isn't she because the queen's sort of like they, they kind of come to a parlay and then mm. ripley notices that one of the little eggs is open yeah. and she's like yeah. we had a deal <laughs> and uh yeah it's fucking dope man because also the bre- the queen's breathing in that is fucking terrifying yeah. like she realizes where she is and you're like oh that's no longer like gas from like the air vents that's that queen just breathing mm. It's just so good, man. It's like, and you can barely see it. What it's something like you said about Return of the Jedi, Stu, with like when they when they were in in Jabba's palace. It's so dark because of budget restraints, and they didn't have CGI, so like everything's way more claustrophobic. And they also don't show you everything, like, and 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 it's all the better for it. I think, but what they do know? brilliantly in Aliens is they shoot it a lot in red light, and so that hides a lot of the of the intricacies. But it still right. means you can yeah. see what's going on. Whereas they like we've talked about Alien versus Predator two as a terrible sequel, oh, and yeah, <laughs> makes no sense. And um, and they just shoot that in black. They essentially have black aliens and a black screen, and so for ninety minutes you're going, what? What's going on? Like, <laughs> who, 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 yeah. what is this? But whereas in yeah. what they do in Aliens is they they shoot it in red light, which hides the nasty bits and still lets you see what's going on. You can you're still scared of those aliens you're still like you know they're still jeopardy you can still see enough that you think like oh shit <laughs> the walls are I never alive. knew that Rich I've learned something <laughs> yeah. my favourite scene is when they get inside the perimeter you know when they've got those guns outside the door and they're going nuts for a while oh. and they go quiet and then the, the beeps are getting close and they're like okay mm. they're in ten foot they're, they're five foot they're like well that's yeah. inside the doors how can they be inside the doors and then they look up and then below them and then it's this ass. that's fucked me up completely it really did scare the <laughs> shit out of me when I was young because you thought they were safe yeah. you're like okay they've got yeah, big guns yeah. uh, they're not clever animal uh, creatures and then you find out that, that they are they've got brains these aliens as well and they will get to you at some way oh man it's great so good mm. yeah it's, it is really good man I love like, even the, the, the director's edition with the um, sort of the, dr- the drone guns and all those sort of things just silly little things like that I thought were were really good, but I'll hold back some. Oh yeah, definitely. If I do come on your uh, podcast, uh, Stuart, do, have you seen? Have you you've not seen Aliens, have you? I've I've seen the one where she's in the that's, big robot thing. That is a, that's, no, well, that that's, is that's, that's aliens, insulting yeah. that you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did see that when it come out. I think, but. We've discussed the, the Alien franchise, yeah, yeah. and there's some fundamental... Well, I've been on your podcast, you know, for, for every Alien film, 
you know, I'm, I'm shouting for a police academy. So there's some fundamental differences. I'm the odd one out here, gents. <laughs> and that's what's brilliant about talking about yeah. sequels and talking about films is because everyone's different and everyone likes different. And when we started this, we thought, oh, is everyone just going to pick the same sequels as their best mm. and worst? And people rarely do. You know, we, mm. we rarely have like people picking the same ones because it's so personal to you. Like, and that's what's brilliant about We've it. We've had some weird choices. We have, yeah. Have you? Yeah. Really? Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, yours wasn't. The weirdest is our fr- uh, Jacqueline Paul, who's a producer, TV director, and her greatest ever sequel was Return to Oz, which to me is nightmare fuel. <laughs> it is nightmare fuel, mate. The um, Stu, what's the name of those guys on the wheelers? Wheelies, wheelies. Yeah. 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 Wheelies. <laughs> and then they just turn to fucking sand when they touch sand. Don't show that to a kid. <laughs> That's not good, man. That's not healthy. Oh, Feruza Bolt was cool, man. Like, she, I thought she was great in that. And I think, like, I don't know whatever happened to her. Obviously, she's an American History X. And obviously, she fucking owned it in the craft. Yeah. Like, and then just seemed to just she disappear from the planet. She's famous. What, the water boy? Almost mm. famous. Gosh, yeah. she's amazing in that. She's a good actress. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, they've put that on Prime. I rewatched uh, Almost Famous for probably about oh, 500 the time. Is. So good, man. Great film. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, incredible. Top spot, gents. So, a word. I think it's me, Dave. But you can. We can share it. We can share it. Look, they're fighting for the fucking glory. This is one that. This is one that we absolutely 100% agree on. In there, there aren't many. We definitely 100% agree. Police Academy three or four. It's another James Cameron one. It's Terminator 2. It's so good. The best sequel ever. And it's, it's people shit. are going to ask us why we haven't got The Godfather Part 2 in in this list. But for, for me, Terminator 2 just knocks that out of the park. You know, I think uh, I think it's just, it's a brilliant, brilliant movie. And it takes, it does what all good sequels should do. Like Aliens, it takes the original film and it builds on it. And it makes something different. Mm. So the original film was gritty and it was kind of steampunky almost. B-movie. It was a, it was yeah. a, a B-movie, yeah. yeah. And this kind of then ramps that up to a completely new level. And genuinely makes you care about a robot, about a machine. Yeah. You know? Like I defy anyone not to be teary at the end when you see his little thumb, his little thumbs up going in the <laughs> going down into the lava. You know, I I love this movie. I really, really do. There is not a bit of it that I don't like. Like Robert Patrick is the T one thousand. So good. They've never, they've never, they have just constantly tried to come up with a new bad guy, and they've not beat the T one thousand. They've not done it. I don't they, think. Like they keep fall, they fall hard, flat hard every time with it. Yeah. And yeah, because that was do. so. Like revolutionary at the time, wasn't it? You like he would turn into liquid metal. You're like, how? How is that? Even yeah. you know, we've never seen anything like so that. Good. And but also his performance, like Robert Patrick's performance, he's so robotic. His run is so kind of mm. like robotic. So he's good. perfect at it. He really is, and he's the perfect kind of foil to Schwarzenegger in this as well because. Arnie's like big and larger than life and he's really muscular and massive. And then Robert Patrick is not. You know, he's he's smaller and he's faster and but he's 
but he's, he's stronger, you know, because he can't essentially can't be destroyed until until right at the end, which is what all good movies should yeah. do. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Absolutely. I I think Hollywood has got Cameron... Like they, they kind of observe what Cameron has done and then they take all the wrong themes from it. And that, so... So, you know, Hollywood's got this thing of doing big... Let's do twice the explosions here. Let's do twice that. Let's do this. Let's make it bigger. But they do it for grandness sakes. Mm. Whereas I think Cameron, what he did with both Terminator and Alien, when there was always a reason for what he'd done. There was a, there was a real deep thought about mm. the storytelling that then creates the jeopardy that then when it is a bit bigger and better, it made sense, as opposed to you watching something and going, this looks quite grand, but I don't feel anything. Yeah. Like, But I reckon by the second Transformers film, I was like, I never thought I'd get bored of watching big robots fight. Like, I thought that is literally it for me now. I don't actually need a job. I can just keep watching Transformers <laughs> and eat Cheetos. And it turns out that wasn't enough for me. And it's like, because the storytelling, how James Cameron writes that and... and, and And restructured that to make it bigger, but for good reason. Is yeah, what what makes Terminator 2 so good? And and I think both of your two, your top two as well. Well, even well, all of them. They they all follow strong starts. Mm. Like Terminator is a fucking is everything you said. It's an inc it's just such a wicked sci-fi horror almost. Really, it's very mm. dark indie movie, and. Um, And he actually managed to make, improve on that, which is a hard thing thing to do when you come up with an independent, solid independent movie. Mo a lot of the time, you you can't you can't you can't top it. It always ends up being the novel is gone now because you did it in yeah. the first one. Yeah. Um, and Terminator Two doesn't do that. It's like no, we I can't rely on novelty. What we have to do is explore where where that story could actually go yeah. as opposed to just doubling everything down. Like once he thought so well about uh, Robert Patrick as a villain, like he kind of thought it through so much. He probably went through all the other stages that they've now come up with before they got to. Like, oh, what should we do? Well, let's make 
uh, a robot, but he's also got liquid metal around him. It's like, why? Surely just purely liquid metal is better than the, mm. just the, having an exoskeleton. And they'll they'll give you some dissect machine of why, why it's better, but it, it isn't really. And yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah. It's such a great show. And I think you're, you're totally right, is that where a lot of bad sequels fall down is that they make things bigger for the audience, but not for the yeah. characters. And so a lot of it is done for you watching, but serves no purpose to the story. And that's kind of the point with the Michael Bay Transformers, is that they're, they're all for the audience. Like it's The story is superfluous, essentially. All he's doing is going, look at this big robot, like, and look at this explosion. And that's all for you. That's not for the story, and the you know that's that's why that's why Terminator Two is better than any anything else uh, yeah. because it's all about the characters and it's all about Sarah Connor and it's all about uh, about John Connor and it's all about that kind of that world. He made brave decisions with the the character changes as well, like making mm. Schwarzenegger Terminator a good guy. Uh, mm. You know, Sarah Connor absolute kick ass. Um, there's a there's a choice they made Robert Patrick a, a policeman uh, as well stuff like that is just you think a lot of people wouldn't dare touch that they like they'll stay on that okay Schwarzenegger was a great bad guy so let's keep him as that repeat yeah, scary monster but they're like no let's be brave with what the choices we make um, and let's flip literally everything we know on its head and still come out with this movie and the action scenes are just next level like the, the attack on Cyberdyne. Um, the, the bike chase with the lorry at the beginning, uh, the helicopter guy under the bypass, which is still one of the most insanely live action yeah. stunts that, yeah, that yeah, I can't get my head. Which they were never allowed that to illegal. happen. Probably <laughs> illegal. Uh, they weren't allowed to do it then, Dave. They just did it. <laughs> it they wasn't... must have just got the producer to go. You should go for a walk now because we're about to do something yeah. absolutely <laughs> nuts. So just don't look. And it was actually Cameron behind the camera on that little truck filming it. Uh, we we learned a bit about it the other day from me and Nathan as well. Uh, they had it like they did. They tried it once and they thought, no, we can get a little bit closer, which is the most <laughs> mind blowing thing in the world. Balls of that helicopter pilot yeah. to fucking do that, man. Because there's no. Well, it's highly unlikely. I don't know. Are you walking away from that if it goes no, wrong? I doubt it. No chance. No, you're soup if that goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that 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 scene and like just like Arnie reloading his shotgun. Every kid was fucking Harley Davidson. Hero, come on, man, that's like absolute. And if that isn't cool enough, he then whips out a minigun, uh, you know, uh, and and just shoots around the cops' legs and stuff like that. It's incredible. And uh, shout out to Blaine in Predator. And I don't know, minigun is always like you know, it's like the coolest gun it's, ever. Yeah, um, it's the one you want on a computer yeah. game, isn't it? As soon as you get the choice to get a minigun, <laughs> Absolutely. I don't care how heavy it is. Bad boy, yes. Yeah. <laughs> whip it out and lay everyone out. It's great. Yeah, it's good. Edward Furlong, obviously, is incredible in it. I, really great that they, um, yeah, they killed him off in the most recent one. I'm sorry if people haven't seen that, but yeah, completely re-edited the whole storyline as well. Mm. Again, trying to be brave, maybe. I don't know, trying to be brave, but I think you've got to think about fan service a little bit. Like, I think it's weird because it's a bit like Rich. You were saying, like, are they making it for the audience, but also think about the culture and, and, and the fans who have brought you to that point as well when it comes to canon and storyline mm. I think that's kind of Im- yeah. I think it's kind of important um, but he done, that, he done he he did that so well like developing I mean he did similar with Ripley what he did with Sarah yeah. Connor right, where they have a story arc that takes them from sort of like a participant in something fucking awful 
to something greater mm. than that. Um, but he does it in a slow way as well, like more so Ripley, I guess, because by 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 Judgment Day, uh, Seracon has been preparing for it. But it's all completely plausible, isn't it? There's oh, always yeah. these arguments these days. They call uh, Ray, for example, a Mary Sue because she just has everything. So like, hey, you was born. Guess what? You're the best ever. And like, and, and there's counter arguments to that and, and whatnot. But I always feel that within how James Cameron's done his characters is that you really do feel that they've earned what, what they are and they feel plausible within the scope of it being science fiction and obviously yeah. Stu, real ro- robots don't exist. Comple- completely, because if Killer you were robots. Sarah Connor and you went through that massive, you went through the first Terminator movie and you knew what was going to happen in the future, you would turn yourself into a badass, wouldn't you? You mm. would become hench and learn how to fire a gun and you know kick ass. Like, of course you would, because you know what's coming. So it's completely plausible that she's changed in that way, you know, and been locked up and been locked up for it. Yeah, yeah, no one believes her. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. It's 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 such a complete movie as well. There's no wasted minute in Terminator Two. Everything the the story and the characters drive it all with, and the set pieces are all. And there's the massive Mm, truck in a storm drain. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's so good. It's great. That's literally your top five, pretty much, Chris. That's right? oh, close. Uh, yeah, <coughs> it's, it is. It's, it's very close. We honest, genuinely. We worried a little one. bit that it's all quite close in genre, and maybe we should have. It's all yeah. very. It's all fantasy based, isn't it? Yeah. Well, sort of sci-fi fantasy. We talked about slipping a Rocky in there, and and we yeah. talked about like Paddington Two, didn't we? We talked about um, like Back to the Future, and. Godfather, Godfather yeah, Part yeah, 2 with Karate Kid. It's just long. I it? love Karate Kid 2. If it was just my five. I, do you know, Karate it's Kid Rich, unfortunately, you picked another one of my potentials. <laughs> for the, I was thinking of it today, and I personally do love Karate no Kid Part 2. Because it, no one's picked that. I know, it, but I, for me, it's, it's so mad. For me, it's like people always always sleep on it. And I think, but again, like they, they took it, they, they didn't repeat the first one. They took it, they put it in, say it in Japan. In the end, the guy flips out a knife. Yeah got to deal with a knife trying to kill his missus and I, I i really did think it was it was quite it was very cool um and sure i've actually finally watched cobra kai now and uh I did and she's it. in it yeah. she's got yeah. a cameo in it hasn't yeah, she yeah, which was yeah, so yeah. cool but yeah. i mean obviously the whole countdown of like watching every single minute of that was like just give us elizabeth sure <laughs> we just need to see that. <laughs> oh god i mean yeah we mentioned princess leah earlier but elizabeth shoe as uh as a, a as a young excitable lad, oh my life! She was in all the coolest films and was the coolest girl ever. Gee, oh, <laughs> oh dear. I'm with you. Cobra Kai is fucking great, by the it way. Is. I'm sorry, Cobra, Cobra Kai is so shit, but great. <laughs> it makes think, no sense. I think they know. I think they're very clear on what they wanted to do, and they're telling that story how they're vain mm. to do it and I, I respect it for that and, and it's enjoyable to watch I, you know what puts a big fat smile on my face watching all the kids having the karate scene fights mm. I just think how cool would that be to fucking be able to, to do that you know yeah. so I don't know it, make, it makes me feel good but I mean we have picked a lot of sci-fi there uh, Stu the guys have picked a lot of sci-fi but um, Shane 2 is coming out good good I've shame, been waiting for that harder been waiting for that um, so just to let you know you will be able to enjoy shame it. over <laughs> shame right. over yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't think anybody needs uh, well I do but uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't realise I spoke about that film that much. You don't. Uh, you didn't. I'm just. I just. I'm being a twat. You've, <laughs> but you've, uh, you've I, I did. I did watch it again in you. lockdown. <laughs> like, uh, that's a bleak movie. That is. Uh, uh, are we talk about the Fassbender one here. We are yeah. the Fassbender one. Yeah. yeah. I walked. In, I worked in a, a Perot's production place uh, that did all that for shame. So a lot of people were look, looking at like Fassbender's cock for like a year in the building. Every time I walked into a build, like on a massive screen as well, there's just Fassbender's cock. I was like, oh, still working. And they have to take <laughs> sound effects and stuff. And we all went, I was a runner at the time. A lot of us who worked there all went and saw it together. And it's not, it's not a film you want to watch together because afterwards you've got nothing <laughs> to say to each other. You can't even look each other in the eye, to be honest. Like, yeah. Oh, it was, um, it was a good time. It's, and um, uh... Steve McQueen is lovely. The, the director. He was great. As a, to a runner, he was amazing. Oh, you, you've got one of my dream jobs, um, Dave. Absolutely, mate. Not anymore. No. <laughs> I've changed now. <laughs> what, what exactly do you do with, within the uh, film industry now? I now get films and television series ready for VOD platforms. Okay, so... Sounds that's exciting, sort of, isn't it? <laughs> that sounds like the technical side of... It, yeah, it? A yeah, bit. yeah, 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 yeah. So you, you still get to see all the neat movies, though, do you? Do you have to sign um, all disclosure agreements and stuff like no, that? No, not all good ones. There, there is a lot of bad. <laughs> a lot of bad. We do get some good ones, but uh, I would say the bad outweigh. A lot of the time, I don't even know what I'm watching because I just have to get it done so quickly. So. Yeah, gotcha. Um, but recently, there's a run up to Christmas when everyone wants those crappy Hallmark Christmas films. So uh, I've seen every kind of animal related christmas movie that you can imagine birds hedgehogs dogs cats um you'd be surprised bugs i think it's if there's a christmas hedgehog movie i mean there, there is it's, it, it, it stars dean kane <laughs> wow <laughs> sign me there up go, yeah there you go <laughs> oh amazing um well look gents um Thank you so much you. Uh, for coming on today and, uh, and and doing your top five. Um, stick about because uh, yeah, we uh, we'll have we'll have a chat when we press stop. But um, and so again, for people that want to check out the podcast, unequal sequel on all the usual platforms, right? That's yeah. it. Yeah, Apple, Google, Spotify, Acast, we're all there. <laughs> um, get in contact. Uh, yeah. Well, when this we comes out. It. If it's alright with you guys, we'll tag you in uh, on the artwork so people that haven't found the podcast yet can go and uh, just click it and find yeah. out from oh, your thank socials. You. That'd be Glorious. Thank you. Thanks, gents. Cheers. Yeah, pleasure. Thank you. Oh, I told you. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast.